0: Last week, uh, we started a new sermon series here called Live on Purpose. This is uh, about a six-week series that we're walking through God's Word, particularly in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is in the middle of your Bible, and it's God's wisdom, God's practical wisdom of, uh, of, of how do we live in God's world... And experience his favor and his blessings in his world. He's got particular ways in which we can experience that. So since it's God's world, he has his ways for us to follow and live within, to experience his blessings in this world, even though it's a broken, sinful, messed up world. We're walking through in this sermon series various Proverbs here in terms of how do we experience God's abundant life? through his direction, living on purpose. I'm going to pause here before continuing because I'm just remembering something real quick. We have a birthday in the house that I wanted to acknowledge. One of our young ladies, Araceli Valle. How old are you turning today, Araceli? Ten years old. So I told Araceli on Wednesday night I would sing happy birthday to her. (laughs) So, this is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey, all right. (laughs) Happy birthday, Araceli. And to anybody else who has their birthday today. As you can probably gather, we're not a very traditional church here. We love each other and we love Jesus. We break some rules as well in the meantime. Well, in today's message, as we walk through God's word, living on purpose, I'm going to be in Proverbs, as you saw on the screen there, Proverbs 21, verse 5, as well as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. We'll kind of be working around those, those verses here today. In this sermon series, Live on Purpose, one of the things that we set out last week, for those of you who weren't here last week, uh, one of the things we set out last week is we're, we're all created for purpose, and we all live for a purpose, but we're not necessarily intentional in... In doing that, in expressing that, we have these things that drive us. We we're, were made for a purpose, and a purpose gives us definition, gives us direction, gives us identity. It, it, it trickles down into the everyday life of our decisions. Most of us are reacting. Reacting out of out of good desires, maybe part of our personality. But these are things that are not ultimately our purpose, whether it's in terms of achievement or or, or out of uh, uh, excellence or or uh, 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 for, for productivity or we, we might live for our job or for, for even family is a good thing, but that's not the ultimate thing because even that can corrupt us. Some of us are driven by our past. We're just repeating the script of brokenness in our families and that drives us. Some of us are just living out our our brokenness, our shame. God has given us a purpose. We can't rely on just our instincts and, and just finding purpose within ourselves. There's the philosophy of our culture today of you be you and, and you live out of your experience and you're the source of truth. We can't trust that because we're broken because we're weak because we're, we're not whole and healthy because we're not objective. We're not unbiased. We we can't be trusted to be true and consistent in every way, shape, or form. We need a rock of a purpose that doesn't change, that that gives us security in our identity, but also gives us security in character. That guides us in the decisions that we make, though things get tough. God has given us that person. We are created beings. And God has given us that purpose. And that's what we said last week. And, and realizing and receiving, God has defined us. And he's given us a clear purpose of loving him and loving others. There are other ways to express that. But we want to be intentional in receiving that. So we've got to keep that in front of us. We've got to be intentional. In Britain, they do a lot of weird things. Like... They have these cheese roll races down hills that are ridiculously steep and people break bones. And they do it every year because it's fun, I guess. One of the things that they do over there is these uh, um, horse costume races, pantomime horse costumes you know you got a person in the back and a person up front and and uh uh just kind of like you know we had the Kentucky Derby well they've got uh, the horse costume races and so they uh, they line them up and they uh they blow the horn and then they they go and as you can imagine it's 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 absolutely hilarious and uh you know what what's one of the parts that I think is really funny is of course when the front and the back get separated and uh, as you can see in the case of uh, said brown horse on the right, we've, they've got a problem. <laughs> the, the head of the horse and the rear of the horse are not together. They are not aligned. In life, we have the desire of what we want to be, what we call aspirations, we aspire to be this we we want to God's purpose to be our purpose. we have aspirations, then we have our actions, and too often our what we aspire to and how we live don't align just like this 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 horse costume race here. Oftentimes we find ourselves, our aspirations and our actions don't line up. So how how do we experience that? God's word gives us wisdom and how we can experience that. He's given us a purpose, but our lives can match that. It's not just something that we can hope for holding on by a thread. But yes, our lives line up That's through something as simple as Planning. It may not seem as like really deep and theological, but it's very practical and powerful. And it's from his word. Aligning our aspirations and our actions in life requires planning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we need you to open our hearts, not just to your word, but Lord, to the willingness to, your, to follow your ways, to be changed. Lord, as we walk through your word and receive practical insight today, Lord, we, we acknowledge that, and I acknowledge from the very get-go here, we need your power to realize your purpose. So, so God, open our hearts to receive your wisdom, but Spirit, we need your power. We need your power to intervene to, that we can live this good news out and spirit. I need you to work in me. You're this sinful, weak and broken vessel. Come upon me to speak your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned last week, we talked about God's given us a purpose, but we need to intentionally keep God's purpose in front of us. Because our instinct is to pursue anything else. We need to acknowledge this point right at the get-go. Our tendency is to go anywhere else. Last week's verse was uh, uh, Proverbs twenty-nine eighteen, where there's a lack of God's uh, revelation, God's vision. We cast off restraint. But there's blessing for those who follow the law of the Lord. We need God's purpose, God's vision in front of us. Today's passage says this: Proverbs twenty-one five. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. Let's break this down. It's 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 pretty plain and clear at the offset. But the, what these this, this the, the the author here is getting at? Those who are diligent are those who approach life with a sense of responsibility, with self discipline. And with a sense of it's going to require some grit and some hard work. That I'm submitted. If I'm going to follow God's ways, I'm going to let God's ways direct me. And with with discipline, with self-control, I'm going to structure God's ways into my life. This word for planning is, is, is devising, calculating. It's a strategic kind of process of thinking this isn't by happenstance now how many times do we all often us we get caught up in the desire to change and we're like george zap me like jesus just just change me like i i just want to i want to stop eating the bad stuff like just make me just not like it like make make sugar taste nasty change me jesus like zap me we kind of want we're in this passive kind of sense of like i want change to happen to me But change is this cooperation with God and us. It requires us responding to God's work. It requires self-discipline. It requires hard work. We've got to come to grips with this reality. The, uh, the, uh, the, the, the flip side of this, though, is everyone who's hasty comes to poverty. The hasty person, again, is that it wants quick fixes, doesn't want to put in the work, takes shortcuts. Like, I want results and I want it now. And it's more concerned about the results. Whereas the diligent understand it's about the process. The process is part of the result. if we are going to experience God's goodness and God's ways cultivated in life, we got to join God in his work with intentional planning. Got a little illustration here. All right. So today we don't have grace kids, but we've got, uh, I've got a special illustration. I want to invite the kiddos to come up here and join and help me with at the same time here. We're got, we've got a handout for both the kiddos and the parents here. Maybe we'll do the handout here right after the illustration. Uh, but I want, to get, want you to get that ready wherever Pastor Jose is and Ron. i want to have those handouts ready there after the illustration. So come on up. On stage, kiddos, I need your, I need your help here. All right. So I, in order for others to see, I think I'm going to have you guys sit down. Can you guys sit down? Here, I'll pull this back here a little bit. All right. Here we go. All right, so I've got these different jars here. got some rocks, I've got some sand, got some big rocks, little rocks, and the sand. So, so this represents the amount of, of like time that we have. You know we've got, all got a fixed amount of time. Some of us like to magically think that maybe we can like you know add more time, but anybody figured that out? Anybody be able to add more time to their day? anybody no, some of us just do the Red Bull. And the five-hour energy, and that's how we try to add time to our day, right? And we last so long. So we've got only so much time in our day and in our, in, our, in, 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 in our life there. And we've got these different aspects of life, things that are like, you know, not necessarily super important, you know, like um, I know this is going to – this might hurt here. But video games, they're not a big rock. They're not your priority. They're kind of like the sand. Video games are not super important. Yeah, I know. Your parents probably are very grateful that I'm sharing this with you right now. All right? But so we've got all these different things in our lives that, that are not super important, uh, but we fill it with our lives, whether it's, you know, with social media or, or with, uh, uh, with checking our ESPN or binging on whatever Hulu, Netflix, dingy, uh, dingy, Disney Plus, not Dingy Plus. Well, it may be Dingy Plus. I don't know. I got political. Watch out. All right, so um, we've only got so much, and these are the things that are that are not so important, but they fill up our life. All right. So, do you guys think can we get all of this in here? What do you guys think? Cade's like, no. Heck. Oh, we got a lot of shaking heads here. So, so if we take Oftentimes, when we live and just we're reacting to life, uh, we let the things that are not so important uh, take up time in our life, right? And we just we just give into these things. Maybe it's it's texts and 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 that don't need to be responded to immediately, and and uh, 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 entertainment kinds of things. And then there's things that might be. Might be urgent things in life that feel like oh they're pressure and crisis uh, 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 but we have a hard time discerning between whether this urgent thing is actually important, but because it's urgent, we just feel like we should do it Do you ever have any things like that? I'm sure adults you feel that, right? We feel that, and then we've got our priorities we've got the things that are really important to us in life, like like our family like growing and becoming like jesus and 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 we try to 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 then fit these things that are the most important things in our life after we're just kind of surviving and we're just reacting to things and and all of a sudden we can't we can't fit it all in and we find ourselves trying to cram the most important things in or find ways but they get left out whether it's taking care of ourselves whether it's taking care of our family and growing in Christ, these things end up getting left out because we're just reacting to life. Well, in the scriptures, God gives us a principle. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to us. Jesus is talking about there's anxious things in our life that we feel like, oh, I need, I need to respond to right now. I, my, what I think are physical needs or, or then there's the material things in this life that we we'll pursue. We think are our purpose, but they're not. And, and he says, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Well, let's try this a different way. Let's try this God's way. where we put our priorities, the most important things, we, we put these things in our life first. These are, you know what? We need to grow in Christ. We're going to have some family devotions. Um, we, we need to live on a budget to honor God's way of finances. So we've got to make sure we live within our means. So we've got to structure that. We want to be healthy, and then we we can discern, like, oh, those urgent things, which ones are actually kind of important things. And we can put things in their place in life because we're doing it intentionally. And then we can fill in the gaps in life with the stuff that's not urgent, not important, but they're enjoyable maybe. And all of a sudden, what do you guys notice is happening? What's happening, Sadie? It's basically filling up. It's filling up. Like, you have time to do things that you want, you just like do what you need first and see how much time you have. For wow. Did you guys hear what Sadie said? <laughs> that when you do the most important things, you have time to do what you want as well. Did we fit it all in there guys? We did because we followed God's principle. Seek first the kingdom, seek first his purpose and his priority. We got to intentionally do that first, but naturally we let the little things in life dictate our time. We let the urgent things in life. We don't know if they're important or not, but they're urgent. And then we don't have time for the most important things. Thank you guys so much for your help today. You can go back to your seats. Big rocks. The big rocks are our priorities. The big rocks come from our purpose. Putting God's purpose first. This isn't something that naturally happens. We've got to acknowledge that. If it doesn't naturally happen, it requires us to be intentional and disciplined. I'm going to have the, uh, um, our crew hand out some, uh, some handouts here. Today's message is going to walk through how do we structure, how do we plan, how do we be intentional about keeping God's purpose first in our life And how does this lead to living it out in our everyday life? How do we we structure it? How do we plan? How do we plan? Today is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be much more practical in its application of Proverbs 21.5 and Matthew 6.33. It's going to be kind of like a workshop today, okay? A little bit of, quite a bit different than one of our typical sermons here. So this handout I'm, I'm giving you all is to allow you to be able to Follow along and do this work. If, you're, if, you're, if you don't get one of the handouts, we have a lot of extras here on the other part. So raise your hand if you didn't get a handout and you'd like to. So we've got a couple in the back there. So while they're handing these out, some basic outline here of what we're going to be walking through. What's included in planning? What's included in planning God's way? We need to clarify our purpose. We're going to personalize our purpose with values. God has made us each unique and different. And we express God's purpose in unique ways. Then we need to create specific goals and how we're going to live this out. We're going to start with what we call who goals. And then we move to do goals. Because what we do is determined by who we are. And then we're going to conclude here with, we've got to schedule it into our daily life. We've got to schedule this into the rest of our life. So let's jump in here, walking through this process, all right? Starting with purpose. Now, as Jesus summarized, what's the law and the prophets, everything in the, in the scriptures, how do you bring it all together? He said, love God and love others. Now, a lot of other people have described in different ways what is Our purpose is human beings. There's the Westminster Catechism that says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Our mission statement as a church is to know Christ, become like him and make him known. There's different ways to express these truths of loving God and loving others. As you take some time, this process of planning is going to take time in fleshing this out. You might personalize this in, 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 in your own words. But for today's sake, in order to have a concrete example, we're going to use that statement from Jesus, that summary of loving God and loving others to flesh this out. We exist. This is a true statement from God, from his word. We exist to love God and love others. Or I exist to love God and love others. Now, you guys can be constructing this as a family or maybe you're doing this as, as individuals or as singles I'm try, I, hope, I hope to attend to both scenarios. So we've got the general purpose. This is true for all of us, but, but we are all unique and we express God's purpose and, and, and vision in unique ways because he's made us in unique and different ways. And so the next step then is identifying what are some of the values that God has given us in terms of the unique ways that he's wired us or the, th- the things that are important to us. What are the different ways The things that we value on the back of your sheet, your handout there, you've got a list of different values on the screen. I've got a few examples for those of you who are joining us online. It might be adventure, excellence, helping others, hospitality, generosity, truth. As a barber family, as we talked through this with our boys, things came out with us, we're we like food. No surprise. Last week talked a little bit about that. But we like good, foreign, creative, artsy food. That's something that uniquely shapes us. We value education. Doing things well. We value, we, value, we value being together as family. We value adventure. Helping others. We value healthy living and creativity. These are things that uniquely shape the Barber family. What are some of the things that uniquely shape you or that uniquely shape your family? Take a moment, just a couple seconds here, and just kind of look through that list and maybe mark off, circle a couple, then maybe jump out to you. Talk with your kids next to you and ask them, what are some of the values or what what are some of the things that that, that you see are important to us as a family? We're not gonna have time to completely flesh this out but we're just gonna get some things started here this morning this is going to be like we talked about last week there's homework well or what I call home fun because it's not work it's fun amen I, there was more grumbling than uh, than an amen's out there a side note here friends I you can't rely on me to be passionate enough, powerful enough for this moment to change you. What I do in preaching and teaching, this isn't enough. We have to respond. We have a responsibility. If we're going to let Jesus change us, we've got to take it home. Every, Every Sunday, we've got to apply this to our lives. It's really important. Otherwise, we're not going to experience the change God has for us. So values, identify some of those values. Clarify that. We exist to love God and love others through adventure, through doing things well, through generosity, helping others. Whatever those values may be. Now we're going to get into a little bit more specifics of, okay, what does this begin to look like? This is still kind of in a, in a very generic and, and abstract kind of form at this point. Let's begin to look at goals, priorities, breaking this down into more tangible ways. Now, when we set goals, oftentimes what we do is we set goals for things that are results. I want to lose 20 pounds. and, and, And oftentimes that becomes part of the problem because our goal misses some integral steps in between that lead us to the kinds of internal change and practical needs that we have in order to accomplish our desired results. When we establish goals, the scriptures uh, uh, explain for us or show us that what we do is determined by who we are. Who you believe you are, what you believe about yourself, determines what you do. You know that to be true in your life. And a lot of times we live out some of our family patterns and shame and, 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 and we just repeat cycles over and over of, of, I'm a failure. I'm a, I, I'm a loser. I'm a, I'm an unwanted. Uh, and we live out these scripts because that's what we believed about ourselves. And so we self sabotage in our life. We give up when things are hard because I, Oh, there it is. I'm a failure. And we reinforce it. Who we believe we are. Determines what we do. In Colossians 3. Paul gives an example of this. Therefore as God's chosen people. Holy and dearly loved. Do you hear the who goal there? Who you are. You are chosen. You are loved. You are holy. You are set apart from the rest of the world. Clothe yourselves. Here's the do. The do goals that come out of that clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That list continues on. There's so much more that's implied in terms of what it means. If, if, if I am loved by God, if, if, if I am chosen by God, if I'm saved, if I'm set apart, I'm not that old person anymore. There's a new person inside of me. There's, there's different kinds of behaviors that come from that. Your who goals determine your do goals. So let's look at this here. Who goals. I statements based upon your purpose and values. I statements based on your purpose and values. I am loved by God. Implied in, we exist to love God and love others. Implied within that is that we are loved by God. We heard that in just that Colossians passage. That's important for us that we don't overlook that. I am loved by God. I love God, and I love others. Now, when I just begin to just think, just, just think with me here and take a moment just consider in the domains of life that you have, whether it's home or work or school or friend. when we begin to think, I'm a person who loves God. In this place at work, what does it look like for me? I love God. I'm a, I'm a man who loves God. I'm a woman who loves God. What, is that? what, is that? what does that mean? I love others. How does that begin to shape then how I see my actions? I'm a person who loves others. I'm loved by God. How does that begin to shape then how I interact and engage with again, my family, my workplace, when we keep these things in front of us, these are the things that we repeat over and over. I am. This is who I am. Now, we don't live it perfectly, right? We're like, oh, that's, th- th- this is where shame and the enemy can come in and say, well, oh, oh, you failed again. And this is, sh- this is one of the biggest things that keeps us from changing in life is, is being caught up in the shame game. Of focusing on what we do rather than who God has made us to be. We've got to keep that in front of us. I am loved. I love God and I love others. We got to keep that. That's the mantra. That's the thing that needs to be a hamster on the wheel in our minds every day. This is who I am in Jesus Christ. Now this breaks down even into more practical ways. And let me just go back to let's go back to that slide just one more thing. This is really powerful for families because parents as you talk with your kiddos too. This begins to frame your conversations. This is who we are as a family. Why, why don't we criticize or make fun of other people? We're, we, because we're a family who loves others. Why, why do we make, 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 make coming to, to church and growing in Christ or, or family devotions? Why do we make this a priority? Because we love God. We're a family that loves God. The, when, when we create this script in our homes... We create this script for our children in their identity, in their mind, in their thoughts. So let's go to the next slide here. So we move to the do goals here. Now, what I what I recommend is you guys start this, you take one thread, all right? One particular area where you're like I'm loved by God or I I love God, I love others, or we love others, and then follow this out through the application. I'm going to give you a variety of different examples to show how this can apply to different areas of life. But as you start this, so you don't get overwhelmed because you can quickly do so take one area of life and walk this through to its practical end. So for example, here in terms of do goals, do goals, as we break it down, these become goals that are specific and actionable and timely. We spell these out. We look at them in the roles where, where we live our life. We, we need to uh, specifically identify what are, what are the actions, the practices that reflect these goals. We need to ask our ourselves, what are the needs? What are the needs involved in order for me to accomplish this goal? And then we've got to schedule it. It needs to be scheduled in our lives in some way, shape, or form. Now, we're going to walk through these things. Roles first. As I suggested earlier here, as we consider... What does it look like for me as, as a person, as I approach this day or this week, what does it look like for me to love God at home with my family? What is that going to look like? And I begin to think about what are the kind of behaviors? What are the kind of actions and attitudes? What does that begin to form in me? And you just begin to reflect and just tear, just break this down. What does that look like? And you just kind of just begin freely writing just the different things that come up. What about at work or at school with our, with our classmates and with our teachers? What does it look like for me to love, if I love God at school? Or if I love God in my work? What does that look like in my work ethic? What, what, what does that look like in, in how I use my time and my gifts? what about in the community or with our friends oftentimes with our friends where we become a person that we wouldn't otherwise be where we hold it together in certain spaces and then we let things out with our friends that isn't consistent with our purpose what does it mean to love god in in my athletics and, and the activities I'm involved in in the community, and the committees that I'm a part of, and how about what does it mean for me to love God in our church? What are the kind of actions and behaviors that that come from that of demonstrating this? This is what it looks like for me to love God. I come and I I make this a priority to worship. I want to be in community with other believers. I want to grow. I need to be in the word together with other believers. I want to serve. These are things, ways that I express my love for God at church. So we look at the different roles that we play and, 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 and take our who goals and apply them to the different roles in our lives. And this begins to give some clarity. And we look at the next slide here specific kinds of behaviors, trying to really break it down here. Specific kinds of behaviors that, more, that, that help us achieve our values and our purpose. And so these are just some examples. In terms of loving God at home, specific kinds of behaviors involve like we're going to get in, the, in God's Word together as a family, we're going to have family devotions. Or loving others at school or work, that might specifically look like I want to pray. I want to be in prayer. I want to ask him and communicate my care and my love for for my coworkers by asking, them, like, "Hey, how can I be praying for you this week? What kind of needs may be there, or classmates, or I show that my I, my love for God by enjoying His creation and annual adventures, outdoor adventures, by visiting a new state park or national park each year. That's very specific, as you can see. But that can be part of, that's, that's how specific things can become in terms of your family or personal mission, vision kinds of things. It becomes intensely practical and therefore, when things are practical, when things are clear, you know what to do. Oftentimes, we're stalled out in life and we feel stuck and we're just going with the flow of our emotions or the impulses that we have or the cultural trends because we don't have the clarity of like, what's my next step? What am I going to do today? That's where this practice of putting these goals together helps us out. These things, these different practices come into our homes in terms of we do our responsibilities before privileges. This 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 is something we we teach to our kids, right? You get your privileges after you've done your schoolwork, your chores, and this is what we do as adults. I'm going to delay gratification instead of watching that Netflix show at work. I'm going to do my work at work and save that Netflix show for later.